Hello and welcome to another edition of We Nation Radio Podcast. And I'm your host, Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist. And it is an honor to be back here with you. And we have a very special show in store for you today. We're going to be speaking with, I guess we will call members of the Concerned Black Workers of the Free Library in Philadelphia to talk about their issues of dealing with racism and unfair labor, uh, unfair practices at the Free Library and the struggle that they're going to try to make sure that uh, the work of the workers or the situation with the workers are addressed appropriately. And so uh, today, we're going to be speaking with three different members. We have uh, Shahada Abdul Rashid, we have Fred Ginyard, and we have Andrea Limons that's on the line. But also, uh, and even as important, is my colleague in the children's music field who made us aware of what was going on, and we joined Solidarity with them. We have Julie B. with Ants on the Log. All four here on the Uncle Devin Show. And let me just say, welcome to each and every one of you. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank so you. What I like, okay. Well, what I like to do is just first and foremost, uh, start off with, um, and I, I don't have any particular order, so I will, I will just choose. I'll say, Andrea, I'll, I'll start with you. I know you're in Philadelphia. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what is your capacity at the library? Hi. Um, first of all, thanks so much for having us here today. Um, my name's Andrea Lemoines. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I work as a community organizer for the Free Library of Philadelphia Foundation. It's the nonprofit arm of the city library, but we, the foundation and library all really is jumbled and works together. Um, so that's really what um, has brought me to this work. I think just being an organizer and seeing the injustices happen at the library really just kind of like spurned the need to talk to other Black people and really uh, support this group. And um, a little bit about me, I'm actually getting my master's in library science right now because I love the library and I want to be a librarian. So I'm, yeah, so I'm hoping to actually build, oh, sorry, go ahead. I never knew that existed. You said uh, library sciences? Yes. So all the librarians that have been wonderful and helped us all out in our lives um, have a master's in library science. And so I'm hoping to really make the library a better place to work for black and brown people. So hopefully maybe I can work there as a librarian in the future. Wow, that's wonderful. Never knew that existed. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's, and, but, but it makes sense because it, it is a science and it is very important to uh, really to, to the community. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, well, thank you very much. And, and I will now move over and I'll ask um, uh, Shahada. Uh, Abdul Rashid, if you can also share with us your your history with the library. Yes. Hi. So I've been with the library for um, about two and a half years, uh, coming up on three. And I'm actually a community initiative specialist, which is a little different than the organizers. Um, I'm on the I work for the city, but we do a lot of similar work and we work together um, pretty cohesively. But our, our jobs are a, a little different because the organizers work for the foundation and I work for the city. So the jobs are a bit different. Okay. And how long have you been working there? Um, so it, it's coming up on three years that I've been a um, community initiative specialist, but I've been with the year for, with the city for almost, um, it's coming up on seven years. And I'm like, wow, like where did it go? 
Time flies, I'm sure. It does. And Andrea, you may have mentioned it, and if so, I apologize for repeating it. How long have you been in your position as community organizer? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't say that. So I have been, actually, it's two years this month. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. All right. And Fred uh, Ginyard, um, how about your history? Hi. Um, so I've been with the library for about, oh, just over three years, a little bit over three years now. Um and I'm also a community organizer. I work with the foundation, um, and I'm from North Philly, born and bred. Um, um, and, you know, as a community organizer, I've done community organizing for a really long time. And uh, when the library decided that they wanted to, wanted to kind of change its focus, I was really excited to join the library team. Um, but I was also saddened once I got there to see just a lot of the injustices that were taking place. Um, and as an organizer, you know, very similar to Andrea, but like part of my role was really supporting Black folk and really figuring out, you know, how do we change this system to meet our needs? Mm, okay. And we're going to get, I want to get into that. And before I do that, I want to introduce uh, Julie B. with uh, Ants on the Log to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about uh, what is Ants on the Log and what you do. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Julie, I use basic pronouns, and um, I am one half, as you said, of Ants on a Log. We are a Philly-based um, band, and we play socially conscious music for kids and families. And um, I, in my other life, I'm also a music therapist in the Philadelphia area. Um, we love playing at libraries. Um, we consider the library part of our Philadelphia community, a venue that we you know, look to uh, for partnership and um, want to support. And um, so we are, you know, we we have an investment in the community and, and just, you know, it, it hurts my heart to, to hear about all the things that are going on in the library as just as a person who loves libraries and loves community, but specifically as a band and um, children's performers, you know, we, uh, we just want to stand with our community and be aware of what's what's going on and be in solidarity. Um, I'm white and my bandmate is also white. And um, we, you know, we, we just really wanted to be here as, as a supportive allies. And a support you've been because you're, you were the one that made um, the Uncle Devin show aware of what was going on because we were scheduled to perform a couple of Wednesdays ago. Uh, but about a, two weeks before that, you had shared with me and another artist that, that was performing there about the protest and about the six, I think it was six different uh, authors who had canceled their uh, their engagements in solidarity. And so after we, you know, consulted and did our research, we decided to do the same thing. So thank you very much, uh, Julie, because it was, uh, you know, you've, you've gone above and beyond uh, the call of duty in this, and we really appreciate it. Um, so I want to go back and I'm going to let, um, you know, uh, Shahada, Fred or Andrea, you can come in, uh, you know, either whoever's ready to, to talk about this, you can. I'm just going to ask some general questions. Let's talk a little bit about what's currently going on. Talk a little bit about or take us through the history of um, of the concerned black workers, uh, the free uh, free library. Uh, so the, actually, um, Fred Chatter, are you guys OK with me starting with the history and then we'll kind of go on to like what we're doing now? Yes. Yeah. All right. Great. So um, I, how do I, oh, also too, Devin, I thought like this happened like two years ago. It's been so much over this summer. 
my brain's trying to go back to the beginning of this. So I want to say, um, was it in May or June? I want to say maybe it was in May. Must have been in May. I was a part of a meeting. So our group um, is under the Department of Strategic Initiatives at the library. And our executive, our director of strategic initiatives, Sarah Moran, called a meeting of organizers together to figure out how the library could support Black Lives Matter. And so she kept throwing out ideas like getting flags and banners. And our group was like, that's, we're past that. We're past flags and banners. Like, how are we actually going to affect change in our organization that affects our communities and improves Black lives in our communities? Um, so I brought up the idea of having a Black caucus that was supported under the library. Like as a part of the library, people got paid for it on the job. There was, um, they had decision-making power and could really affect change in our library. Um, she pushed back on that. There was some conversation in the group and Sarah said, you know, if they have that much power or something to the effect, if they have that much power, I'll probably lose my job. And Yes, that's the correct act. That's the correct reaction. I was livid. I yeah. said, black people are dying. You are said you're concerned about black lives and all you care about is your job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I said a lot of things that I could not say in this podcast and I left that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, I said, I'm starting a black caucus and we're going to change this library. Like that's how we're going to do it. So I called and one of the other leaders from our group who isn't here, um, Alexis, and she had been doing a lot of work previously with fighting for Black Lives at the library. She had gone to city council the year before, talked about a lot of racism she had experienced um, under our leadership. And so I called her because I knew she was, she'd just been a strong leader in the library. And I said, hey, how do you feel about starting this group and let's make some change? And she said, girl, let's do this. So here we are. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful history with that. And I know you said Alexis. Um, I'm just making a note so we can come back to that. So then after that, how does that lead into what uh, led to the Concerned Black Workers uh, protest? So um, with that, me and her reached out to quite a few people. I talked to my coworkers, Fred and Shahada. Um, and she reached out to quite a few people, too. And I, honestly, I, I just had a Zoom call. I had a Zoom meeting, a Zoom call to see what was going to you know come out of this. And we had quite a few people from different areas of the library show up, a lot of black workers and the workers, we were just, we were fired up. We were, people are tired. They were ready to go. So we decided to write a letter, which I am still so impressed and honored to work with a group of people like them. Like to think, I thought, okay, let's just talk and figure out what's going on. And they were action right from the get go, just action. And so we pretty much just, we wrote the first letter that came out and that's how the campaign just formed out of that letter. Okay. And by the way, Julie, at any time, feel free to jump in because this is our conversation because you helped to start this. So don't don't ever hesitate if you want to just jump in. Oh, yeah. Same thing Um, with Fred Shahada. Please jump in. Yes. So and I was going to ask about that. So now, um, Andrea, you were in Philadelphia, right? Yes. I live in Philadelphia. I live in West Oakland. Okay, And Shahada and Fred, where are you located? So I'm I'm also in Philadelphia. I'm in West Philadelphia. Like in West Philadelphia? Yeah. Okay. I, I could go into the corny West Philadelphia, born and raised. Right. What was funny, though, about that uh, when I was younger, that was pretty much one of the only 
rap CDs I could play for my nephews and nieces when they were younger that didn't have a lot of profanity and stuff yes. in it. But uh, <laughs> uh, talking about Will Smith, of course. Yes. Fred, Fred, where are you located? So I'm from the heart of the city. I'm from North Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. So tell me a little bit more. So how? So when when was it decided to actually? formed together and put together the concerned black workers. Was that part of, was that an extension of the black caucus? Is that the same thing? How would you describe that? Um, so I think it's the same thing. So at that very first meeting, um, I think, you know, everyone at that, at that point where we were all tired, we're all angry, we're all fed up and we all wanted to do something. And so um, in that moment, I think the moment we decided to, write that letter we became like a form we became the concerned black workers okay Um, yeah the moment we decided to write the letter and send it and let's talk a little bit about the letter what were the demands that you all were asking uh so there were six demands uh and so please help me out y'all uh because i I probably will not remember them all off the top of my head but and i'll I'll pull it up as well good um you know one it was you know really important that the the library administration centered black life and black workers, um, especially during the this COVID-19 pandemic um, and the request for black workers, frontline workers to be going back into our branches without any real safety protocols in place. And so first and foremost, we demanded that the library administration have a real safety plan that protected black life. Um, mm. We also uh, were asking that at any point in time when there are, are gaps in uh, frontline staff being able to be at our branches, that our executive leadership at, with library degrees actually show up to branches and fill some of those gaps. Um, how about y'all? Okay. <laughs> I know. Did you pull it up, Devin? Uh, I'm still in pulling up right uh, now. In fact, I'm in that. It, there, there was, and, and while we're doing it, there was a article that, that um, Julia sent to me initially. is a Friday, August fourteenth, twenty twenty article in the Philadelphia Inquiry. For anyone listening, um, actually, that's not true. It was, uh, and, and it was up. Yes, that's true. It, it was. This is weird. It says Friday, August fourteenth, but that can't be. That's today's paper. It was a June twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Uh, article that said black employees at the free library are throwing the book at management over racism, safety, and pay equity. And so you can go to that article. And I thought there was a link inside that article, which I'm trying to pull up and I don't see it offhand. So I'll, I'll, I'll continue to pull, pull that up. But in, in the, in the midst of doing that, um, how, uh, how, how has been the support in the community for your uh, issues? Oh, I would say the support has been amazing. Um, even y'all, like I was, I'm very excited to hear more about Julie, like how you heard about the campaign, how you heard about the letter. And also y'all did a great job with um, telling people how they can support us and how to follow up. Like that letter was great. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, Matter of fact, Julie, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. yeah I will say that um, it's, it's frustrating what the news puts forward and what the media covers because I think that I started hearing about this when I heard that authors were canceling um, in solidarity with y'all. And I was thinking, you know, it takes someone famous to do something big before, like, why didn't we, why wasn't the first news story that I heard that, you know, workers were dealing with injustice? It, you know, that, that felt unfortunate to me and I'm sorry that happened to you. 
Um, but I, I think that I originally saw that authors were canceling and I was like, what is going on at the library? Authors are canceling, you know? Um, and, you know, that's when I, I you know, I, I don't want to perform. I don't want to be associated with um, an institution that's, that's going through something like that, you know, and of course I want to support, but I don't, it doesn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a show at any other venue that was known to be, you know, racist or sexist or, you know, something like that. So I figured that <laughs> the other performers would feel the same way. Um, but I also, as a white person, didn't want to assume what the action should be. I, I reached out to um, the other performers, both of you happen to be black, and I was just like, hey, this is happening. I also feel like this is really hard because I didn't actually know you, Devin. Um, I was like, hi, here's someone we've crossed Facebook pads, but we don't really know each other. Do you want to uh, relinquish that gig that you have next week? <laughs> um, would you like to not get paid next week? You know? but, um, yeah, of course, everybody was, was supportive and understood and wanted, wanted to jump in, on board. And I, I figured we'd be way more supportive together as a kids' music community than just, you know, I'm not as famous as uh, some of the big authors that pulled out, you know. Right. And then and I, the, um, the letter that we wrote, you know, I we got in touch with you all. We got in touch with the kids' department who are super supportive. Um, they were like, yes, we want to support our black colleagues. And uh, we all... We, all, we based the letter on what your demands were. And I know that social media is just, you know, it flies by your eyes. You got to, you got to see it and do it in five seconds. You got to tell people that it takes one minute. Otherwise they're not going to do it or read it. And um, right. we, we had some real quick, you know, here's what you can do to take action demands and, and got everybody's Twitter handles and um, people were, it was great to crowdsource all the, all the Twitter handles that we, we couldn't actually find because they don't just tell you how to get in touch with the library board, of course. Uh -huh. And in fact, if anyone's interested in ways that they can contribute, we posted uh, that that same list uh, on our WeNationRadio.com uh, website underneath Four Parents. It's our blog. And you'll see an article called Children's Artists Cancel Shows in Solidarity with the Black Workers. And all that information will be in there. And, and I'll just say that, um, you know, it was a no-brainer for my wife and I, um, Lolita and I, to, to uh, cancel my history is history of struggle. I'm a, you know, coming out of college in the late eighties, you know, I led a sit in where uh, we took over the administration building for five days at the university of Maryland, Baltimore County um, uh, over acts of racism. And so for me, it's just, you know, you don't, after a while you have, you can't worry about yourself. You have to look out for the, the, the greater good, which is why I, I totally understand you know, your reaction to the administrator that said, um, you know, if I if I give you all that power, I'm going to lose my job. Well, perhaps that's those are the actions that needs to be, need to be taken. And and I'll ask this as we still talk about the different things that are going on um, or that you all are demanding. What's the current status right now? Uh, today is August 14th, 2020, that we're having this conversation. What's the current status of uh, the um, of your demands and or the struggle for uh, liberation for the for the workers, I can uh, yeah. any one of you, Shahada, if you want to answer for uh, Fred or Andre, I'll leave it up to you. That's again, Shahada is um, Shahada. You're in the document, right? I see you. Yes. Yeah, it would be great <laughs> for you to go over it. Um. So I am in the document. So currently, um. So I'll just circle back to what those six demands kind of were so that we, we know what they are. Um, we talked about some of them, but a commitment to protecting black lives on staff, 
a formal and transparent investigation of Black staff's concerns regarding physically reporting to the free library locations um, and current decisions that were made using a misleading survey, um, a plan developed by Black staff to provide library services that take into account Black people's increased COVID-19 infection and mortality rates, support and accommodation for Black staff whose library work makes them susceptible to racial violence, um, provide Black staff the same opportunities to work from home that the white staff have, and demand that Black staff, no, sorry, demand that staff with librarian degrees who work in management, executive and specialty positions are redeployed to cover shortages in staff due to COVID-19 and the layoff of seasonal employees, most of whom are Black. So currently, so we have our demands, and it seems like, um, in a way, they keep trying to answer um, the demands, but they're not getting to the meat and potatoes of what we need. They're just kind of giving us kind of sugar on top answers that they think will make us go away, but we're not going away. Um, so that's that's what we've gotten from um, our boards. And um, we've also, of course, had our executive director resign. Um, she, she thought it was in the best interest of the library so that they can move forward. Um, but it was really, you know, the, the pressure because uh, this, these things, this these institutional, this institutional racism, this harassment, this bias, everything has been happening under her watch. So there's no way that she could not respond in a way that was appropriate. And her leaving was appropriate because she's allowed it throughout all of these years. And um, and I believe there was another person that resigned. Was it a, the the director of the IT? I think it was. Did yes. Yes. The, the director of IT also resigned and he has been um, it, it's been multiple stories told about him, about how he uses favoritism and he creates his own rules and just all types of things that are very unfair to the workers that are under that are under him. And he was also one of the, um, from what I hear, favored people by the executive director. So he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. And that's unacceptable. Um, and we've, we've also had a few board members leave, which we're assuming is in solidarity with um, Siobhan Reardon, our former executive director. Um, so, but we're looking forward to Pam Demby, the, the board of trustees, um, leader to resign as well because she was very much importer of Siobhan as well as she has said some very problematic um, and racist I'm, I'm not even going to put sugar on it racist things in in public in front of our city council referring to African Americans um, even when when there was a protest at her house by our non-black um, the people who work with us who were in solidarity with us they went to her home to do a protest, and um, I believe that the news asked Pam Demby, the board of trustees, like director, chair person. They asked her, are, "Like, are you racist?" And her answer was, "I hope not." It's like, wait, what? Are you or aren't you? <laughs> Is you or ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> You know? So I know you had you mentioned the six um, demands. Um, 
you know, one was the investigation. Has there been an investigation? Is there currently an investigation going on? No. Um, no yeah. I, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at yeah. all. And see, and I asked that I, I, you know, outside of doing music for 26 years, I've, you know, I'm a, a equal employment opportunity investigator, um, oh. both for federal government and for uh, local agencies. And so I know about investigating. I know how it is to be a neutral third party um, to come in and how to conduct investigations and how to let all parties and keep all parties aware of what's going on. The fact that you couldn't even initially just say that things were, were being done lets me know that there isn't an investigation because a great investigator will keep all parties aware and say, hey, look, my name is such and such. I'm conducting this investigation. This is my timeline. I'm going to schedule an interview with you on this day, this date, and this date, and move forward from there. So um, that that's already concerning to me that that you have you all really may not have even had that much communication with anyone about it. Have any of you any of you been uh, interviewed by anyone related to this? So I have. Um, Okay. Okay. So around the the initial complaints that were made, um, what two years ago at this point. Um, where Lynn Williamson, who is in charge of Neighborhood Library Services, um, sat in a meeting about an event that was specifically about having conversations between African-American communities and police officers. It was really about bringing them together um, to talk about, you know, the issues that we see within policing. Um, She sat in a meeting where she said that it was okay for someone to come into the library and say that unarmed black people should be shot by police. What? Um, yeah, yeah, literally. She literally said um, that it's okay for someone to come into the library and say this because it was a mm. divergent opinion. Um, mm. And in that conversation, and, and my background is in community organizing and having these types of conversations and you know, creating safe spaces for communities to be able to address social issues. Um, and, you know, I, and I tried to break it down for her, like, you know, we're talking about hate speech, um, you know, and even using myself, right, as mm-hmm. an example of you're, what you're saying to me is that someone could come into the library and say, it is okay for me as a Black man to be mm-hmm. shot in the back by a police officer. Um, and her response is yes. It's it's a divergent opinion. Like, um, mm. and so um, it's a privileged was, position too. Yeah, right. And like super racist, super problematic, and like super super hurtful. Mm. Um, and and so they did a formal investigation because a complaint was made about her. Um, and I got interviewed by Joe Benford um, and Leslie Walker. Uh, Leslie Walker is currently the acting um, interim director for the library, and Joe Bedford is um, second in command. I always forget his title, his formal title with the library system. Um, but, you know, they did this investigation, and then three months later, um, you know, we got an email from Siobhan basically saying that while uh, Lynn's comments were undefendable, there was no action to be taken. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing they can do. Um, 
And the, actually, I've, I, you know, interestingly enough, I've been a part of two investigations, actually, in the library system. Um, another co-worker, uh, Mary Kathleen, who is a shop steward, actually, for DC33, um, told me, so I was trying to put a pride flag up in uh, the Logan Library uh, as a sign of, like, an openness and a welcoming to LGBTQ community members. Um, and she told me that if I put up a, a a pride flag, then she should get to put up either a Confederate flag or a white heterosexual Christian woman flag. Mm. Uh, and, and so I filed a formal grievance. Like you don't get to like walk around and say these things to people. Like that's not okay. Mm. Um, and you know, I got interviewed by the cluster leader, Tony Hoagland. Um, but, and again, nothing happened to my knowledge and to my understanding, nothing happened, right? Like there was no recourse, no accountability measures. You know, I'm a firm believer in like restorative practices. So like, you know, when you cause harm that has, there should be a process of acknowledgement. Um, and then that person being held accountable and responsible for repairing the harm that they've caused. Mm-hmm. None of that has happened. Um, and so, you know, when we think about the library system and investigations, there aren't like the investigations they say they do they don't really seem to do anything they don't seem to benefit um people who are being harmed on a daily basis and at at all like there's just nothing who's conducting the investigation do you know uh, did they uh is it uh, do they have like an internal hr department or uh, eeo department that's handling it um so there we do have an HR department. Um, so for Lynn Williamson's grievance, that was done by executive leadership. Okay. Um, and then for uh, Mary Katkine, that was done by, um, I guess, uh, well, the, our club, the cluster leader did that investigation. Um, so I don't, I don't, and I guess, I don't know if that was like HR. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know she was the person who led it, right. As, sure. um, the, the administrator for the North central cluster. Okay. And, uh, uh you know, I, I'm, Again, being an investigator, I used to work also uh, for the transit uh, agency here in Washington, D.C. for 19 years as an investigator. And so I also know the importance of having an independent wing inside of an organization that, um, uh, you know, the the first thing you have to establish is um, credibility as an investigator. And it's okay to have someone on executive leadership team conduct an investigation, but they have to be trained. And I, I'm, I'm always curious about their background in, in that training. But speaking of such, and before I go to the next question related to uh, the, the plan that you all have requested, uh, what is, is there any type of diversity training or any type of regular uh, sensitivity training that's uh, given uh, to, to, I guess, to everybody on all levels? Do you know if there, that exists right now? So um, the city of Philadelphia mandated that everyone go through um, a diversity training, um, like at all of, through all of the city departments. Um, and so I know they did it. They did do that training, I think, once. Um, but there's nothing that's like consistent or ongoing 
um, in terms of like training around diversity and inclusion. I know I ran a training myself on um, our all staff day two years ago, just because I have been seeing so much. Um, and really my training was really for, you know, the black and brown workers to say, you don't have to take bias in the library system. Like there are ways for you to like, to address it and to call people out and say no. Um, and so I, I know I've done in, as an individual and as an employee of a library wanting to support other black workers, I've done a training, um, okay. but there isn't like a lot of ongoing inconsistent training around diversity and inclusion in the library. So let me ask Shahada or Andrea uh, about your demand number three related to them establishing a plan. Uh, where are they with that? Have you heard anything from them um, about that uh, related to that, that request? Well, I would say when it comes to establishing a plan, um, that's one of the major issues. There, There's no plan. <laughs> we get um, kind of trickled down information from our our cluster leaders who meet uh, there there are so many meetings and like nothing coming out of the meetings like we're trickle down information sent like little documents but as of like a cohesive plan there there's nothing um, and it, it it makes you think what has administration been doing since March you know what what have you been doing <laughs> right, right. there there's nothing there's nothing consistent. We just get like little like best practice kind of documents. And it's like, no, we we need an actual plan before you put us before we are thrown back into the library and put out there, you know, for the community and for the staff. We need a plan to keep us safe. And we don't we don't have that. And if, if you talk to 20 people like in administration or like managers or supervisors, I guarantee you'll get 21 answers from talking to 20 people. So it's just, it, it's ridiculous, honestly. All right. And uh, Andrea, I don't know if you want to add to it or not, but um, uh, and, and, do you all have an idea of what that plan should look like? Um, I, I know when I was, when we were fighting for um, racial justice on uh, on the campus that I was at, uh, one of the things that the administration knew that they had on their on their side was time that if they waited long enough students, some students would graduate new students coming in, wouldn't know what's going on. And so they would string things out. And I'll just be, I'll just caution you to make sure that you all stay on top of them because that's what they're hoping that will happen here uh, is that this will go away. Um, so, um, you know, but have you all, it, it, do y'all have an idea of what that plan will look like? Yeah. Um, first, thank you for pointing that out, Devin, because I think you're so right. I think that, um, they have very much been thinking this is going to go away. Um, if anything, it's just intensifying. Just give you a heads up. Yep. Like st staff, black staff, non-black staff, everyone is getting angrier and angrier. Um, also, too, the one thing we have on our side is the majority of staff is union, and they're not going anywhere. So that's mm. like... Great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 the other part of it is people are, are worried about retaliation. So yeah. the union definitely will help protect... Yes, that's staff. the vast majority of us are union. Um but also to ideas about the plan. I mean, yes, like I definitely know librarians have talked to cluster leaders. Cluster leaders all have ideas. They're not being heard by our leadership. Um, our leadership also, very few people on our executive board are actually librarians. So they don't understand how a library works or how it functions or how 
patrons come in and how they use the space. They have no understanding of how that works. So literally a bunch of people that Siobhan hired. Siobhan also never worked in the library. She only had her degree, her master's degree in library science. So she had no idea. If you put her in a library, she would have no idea how to run a library. She couldn't check out a book to you. Like she has no idea how that works. Yes. And so she hired, she's a business person and she hired a bunch of other business people who do not have any clue. And they also are not listening to um, even our cluster leaders. They all come from libraries. They've all worked in libraries for a very long time. They're not working, listening to staff and listening to cluster leaders. Um, They are just, if I can say like they're not living in reality at all. So we do have ideas. We know what could work. Um, Like for instance, you know, majority of staff, we want to go back to work. We love serving our community. Um, we could do it safely, more safely with having more curbside service instead of opening up the buildings for people to come into. Um, you know, we've talked about different ways to help people access Wi-Fi. We've talked about different ways to help people access resources. And the library administrative system is just not listening. The executives are not listening. And speaking of that, um, I know that we had made a request for council members and uh, thanks to uh, Julie uh, providing that, I believe Julie, you provided that to us. Uh, What have, what type of response have you had from council members? So this is a new development. Um, French Ada, please help me out. Just um, two days ago, we got a letter of support from 10 council members um, that was written by uh, Cindy Bass's office. So thank you, Cindy Bass. Um, she actually is my council member. Um, I voted for her. And so she is definitely supporting the library. Uh, so council, so the majority of councils, so city council for Philadelphia is 17 people. 10 people signed a letter of support for um, concerned black workers and black workers at the library. Um, we can definitely share that with you um, after this and email it to you and share it with um your connection. But it was a great letter. Um, they asked us our opinions and they followed, you know, what workers really wanted to see, which was great. Um, some of the demands they asked, they actually support us um, and asked the board of trustees for um, racist Pam Dimley to, dis- to resign as um, chair of the board of trustees for the library. They also um, made demands to make sure that black staff had say so in hiring of the interim director also of the um, director, the person who will just take take charge, the next director of the library. Um, We really prioritize that the interim and director need to be Black, African-American. They need to have a track record of fighting against institutional racism, fighting for social justice. Um, When we met with uh, Cindy Bass, I also, one of my favorite comments now is, I just, we need someone who lives in 2020. They need to be living currently, need to be understanding how to use tech. I mean, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I sit on the interim committee with board of trustees members and three other staff members who will work to choose the interim director. Um, We were writing and updating the job description. I think out of maybe, what, seven or eight board of trustees members, we couldn't work on a Google Doc together. They had no idea how to work on a Google Doc. And we're like, you're leading the library. The library is an information you know, yeah. resource and you don't know how to work on a Google Doc. I was like, this is not the right people to lead our library. So yeah. but that means that we at least need to hire someone who does. 
understand how to use community tech. Uh, so yeah, so that's where we are. We're really, our group is really pushing to make sure that we hire people who live in 2020. We hire people who are pro-Black, who are, you know, fighting for the rights of the LGBTQ community. We need someone who is with us. All right. And so, you know, and, and not only that, if you don't even know, I wouldn't even tell you I wouldn't know. I'll just figure it out. All you had to do was Google it and it will tell you how to use it. I mean, I, uh, but that also shows their lack of uh, concern because yes. if it was something that they were interested in, they would figure it out. Yes, I agree with you. There's so many videos and tutorials. And yeah, also, it's... you're the trustee of a library. Call a librarian. Yeah. Like, go online, go to the library. We have so many it's... trainings online. Exactly. Yes. I mean, and and, and, no, and no one would be upset with you if you say that you didn't know, especially no. if you're trying to figure it out. Yes, we're a li- yeah, we're a library. We want you to ask us. We we want to help you figure it out. Wow. Um, I know, and Julie, I'm gonna bring you back in the conversation. Um, uh, in, in terms of some of the work, that, I know you're there in Philadelphia, and I know this is one of your your library systems that are there. Have, uh. I guess maybe from a standpoint of speaking of what other things you think we can do as artists to support uh, the library. I mean, you, you've come up with some great ideas. I have some ideas as well that we're going to uh, uh, share with you, but um, what are some other things you, you, you believe that we can do as, as artists to support uh, the library system? Sure. Um, well, I, I love the idea that um, people really come toward music and performance Um, And especially right now in our virtual world, um, parents and caregivers are really looking for something for their kids to do. So they're they're really turning to these community resources. So if we are able through our um, connections with these venues to to say through that platform, hey, like this is a problem. If you want performance back, like if you want Antonalog to play for your kids and your kids love Antonalog and you want to see them at the library and remember last time that show was so fun. You know, and side note, we also, you know, bring social justice with us and you want that for your kids. Well, that's not going to happen unless you write to your council members, unless you, you know, stay up on the news and support um, the black workers and, you know, follow their Instagram and that kind of thing. So I think that we have a reach to people that, um, you know, organizers and just generally people who aren't reaching out uh, in these ways have. Um, and it's really important that everybody just, you, somebody wants said to me, oh, you know who said this to me? A great kids performer, Alistair Mook, who does Mm -hmm. so much, uh, you know, social justice based work with his music. He said, use your biggest platform. So if your biggest platform is, you know, speaking on a stage or playing concerts on Facebook or whatever, use that platform and don't, you know, don't think that your activism is separate from your art. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Alistair is great. In fact, he has a a new CD out. Um, I don't have the name in front of me now, but... Yes, yes. And his CD, uh, I think on one of the radio networks, uh, they wouldn't play it because they said it was too political. Uh, now, this is a children's CD, by the way. I want you to understand that. Right. And he's speaking about children's social issues. So we struggle also in turn in, in, inside of our children's music network in, in many re- respects. So that's why we, we it's easy for us to, to be in solidarity. Well, I tell you what, as we wrap up, what are the next steps at this point? What additional do you all need from the community to be able to help you reach uh, your goal of uh, eradicating or really of reaching your your demands? And I'll leave it up to either one of you, uh, Shahada, uh, Fred, or Andrea. 
Yeah, I would say um, my thoughts on that right now are we really, so we have heard from many sources that Pam Demby is very much holding up the progress of the library. Um, that is, I mean, I, I just, I can't say it enough. She is racist. She is particularly anti-Black, very anti-Black. She is very much holding up the progress. We need community to help support us, um, demand that Pam Demby be removed as the chair of the Board of Trustees of the library. If community could, um, the person that has the ultimate power to do that is the mayor. It's Mayor Kinney. Um, we need community to ask Mayor Kinney to remove Pam, uh, I'm sorry, Pam Demby as the chair. Just remove her from the Board of Trustees. We don't even want her to stay on the Board of Trustees. She needs to be removed, period. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Fred or Shahada, you have any uh, anything to add in terms of what else you think you can use or need from the uh, community to help you with your cause? Um, I, th I think Andrea summed it up really, really well, but I was just looking at the, um, I was just looking over the letter from city council again, and it's only 10 out of 17 people. And I, I think that I would appeal to the community that if you don't see your council person's name on this letter, you need to call them and find out why they haven't signed, why, why they're not showing this level of support for um, the black workers at the library. Good point. Okay. That's great. And if you I, 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 your council person's name, call them and say thank you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You know what? That's, that's very important. That's very important. And Fred, I think you were saying something. Oh, I, I thought I may have heard you saying something while Shahada was speaking, or was that somebody else in the background? Oh no! Sorry, I guess that was me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. What were you What were you going to say, Fred? No, no, no. Um, I was just in agreement with Andrea and that pandemic is, I think, right now, you know, our biggest challenge and target in terms of her being removed. Um, well, well, Fred is I, gray I, on my screen. I don't know if we if we lost him. Council members, in particular, and particularly uh, Councilwoman Cindy Bass, has been a huge, huge supporter of Concerned Black Workers and libraries. Um, so, you know, just a huge thank you to her and then to all of the council members who have signed on in support of, of you know, the, the demands for the Concerned Black Workers. Well, I want to thank you all for uh, the work that you're doing. Um, just know that many times there, you may not ever see the impact that you're having, um, your, your true impact, but there is absolutely impact. There's uh, you know, one that's coming out of struggle, whether it was as a student uh, in the in, this, in the 80s, but also been fighting for public health care here in Washington, D.C. when they closed down the, the only public hospital to issues of uh, justice around the world in Cuba and around the world. It's important to know that you are making a difference and you're making, you know, the fact that you're, you're willing to stand up and, 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 and risk everything uh is very important so uh you know we salute salute you um i know the uncle devin show i can i'm certain i'm speaking for ants on the log that we are in solidarity with you yes. we're going to work more uh we're going to talk more on how we can uh help you with that including maybe now it's time for us to target the mayor and to really push the mayor to um uh releasing um pam uh what was that pam, oh, pam Demby. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, from from the you know from the position, but also I'm gonna submit some other suggestions on things that we can do to help continue to 
rally the the workers because you don't want the workers to get tired there's there's always one or two that may just say well i don't feel like fighting anymore and we have to keep that solidarity so from my experience i'll also be glad to share that with you all uh over the uh, next couple of couple of days but thank you all now is there anything else that i i know we didn't cover each and every one of the demands but i think we have a good understanding of what's going on um anybody any final thoughts anybody want to leave with us just a huge thank you to every black worker in the library system that is standing up right now and to all of our uh, non-black working allies. Like, just a huge thank you. I think it's important for us to also make sure we're recognizing all of the work that everyone is being, has been putting, putting in um, to really shift this organization. Great. Yes, and I want to, uh, you know, just exactly everything Fred said, yes. And thank you to the community. Thank you to both of you for supporting and echoing Thank you to the authors who canceled. I mean, so many, um, I work with different friends group, people who volunteer at the libraries. I have friends groups who are echoing and sharing and calling, and we have so much community support. I think um, what we're dealing with at the library is very, um, it's very in tune with what many people are experiencing right now in our culture. Our country is just going through a racial reckoning right now, and we are all feeling it. And you know something, people are picking sides, and I just, I'm thankful for all the people who are sticking with us. Great. All right. Shahada, do you have um, No, I just want to say thank you to you and Julie with Antona Log and all the other organizations that have really been um, in solidarity with us. I know a lot of people are, um, like, like I read on the Instagram page, like a lot of the comments, and people are really just disgusted. And surprised that such a, you know, progressive outwardly facing organization is going through these types of struggles. So I just want to thank everyone for their for their solidarity, their kind words, their action and for actually being there. there with us for this fight. Great, great. And Julie, do you have any parting words? You know, I just want to say if anybody is a white person listening and I'm a white person and I'm hearing all of this and, you know, I've been involved in reading the news and everything, it just sounds to me like this is just like the white bureaucracy putting the system over the people and this is just like what happens when, when that happens. That's that's my zoom out take on this as a white person and um, man, that it's it's inspiring to, to just watch everybody fight against that. Yeah, well, Thank you, and and thank each one of you for um, for the work that you do. We we stand in solidarity, and uh, we will be sh- uh, sending some information to you um, shortly about other uh, actions that we're going to be taking, and and act- asking our other uh, children's music artists uh, to uh, support us. So uh, we look forward to doing that. We wish you the best. If you should ever need anything, let us know. Let let me know. The this this platform is always open to you, and a lot of what we just discussed today. Um, I'm going to summarize and share some of it on my show uh, on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m., I have a show on here in Washington, D.C., WPFW 89.3 FM. Uh, it's the only children's music radio program uh, on a high-frequency uh, uh, FM station here in the Washington, D.C. area. And I'm going to take at least five minutes or so, and we're going to summarize some of this so that people can know what's going on, and we're going to list some of the things that people can do. So uh, so be, be in tune for that, and we look forward to uh, hearing some, uh, you know, working with you in, in any capacity that we need. So thank you all for, for, for being here, 
And for those listening, this is Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist. And as I always say, until we meet again, life is a drum, so beat it. <laughs>